this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, please contact Nexus Church. I'm, re- I'm really excited to speak tonight, as you can hear, because my, my words don't make sense. But uh, we're, we're kicking off a new series for our PM services, and, and that's kind of come from, similar to that song, there's a, there's a sense across churches all across Australia that revival, and we're on the verge of revival. And because of that, Pastor Nathan mentioned last week that two things are always key to revival, and that's a desperate people and prayer. So in our PM services, we're going to uh, kick off a month of prayer, which I think is a good thing. And I'm excited to see where God wants to take us. And uh, tonight, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to jump into a, a bit of a, a passage in the Bible that maybe isn't your normal passage on prayer, but it's Jesus speaking directly to prayer. And so before I get there, so I have... I think I have like 20 minutes or so, is that right? 25 minutes. So I want to talk about surfing quickly so I can fill a bit of my time and then we'll be all right. So when you go surfing, there's this little thing in the back of your mind all the time. What's that thing, Pastor Nathan? Sharks. That's right. Sharks are frightening toothy animals and we need to cull them. No, I can't say that over the stream. We don't. But it's always in the back of your mind. But what you do to make yourself feel better is you create these rules in your, in your brain. So you think sharks only eat at night. So if I surf in the day, I'll be sweet. It won't bite me. And then sharks, it's like when you go to a restaurant and there's lots of choices. Sharks stri- struggle with choice. So if they've got lots of choices, they go, oh, it's too overwhelming. I can't pick one of them. I just won't eat. So we think that if we surf in a crowd, we'll be sweet. And the other one is, we think if we put a little net the size of a badminton net in the ocean, in 10 metres of water, a shark will go, oh, too hard for me, I can't get past that. And so we say those things to make ourselves feel better. And um, not to make light of it, but tragically, a month ago, a guy was bitten and killed at Greenmount, which is, you're lucky to surf out there with less than 200 people. It was in the day, and the Gold Coast is netted. So we're playing golf a lot now because we're very frightened of sharks and they break all our rules. And the reason I say that isn't just to pad out my time, but I think we do similar things with prayer. With the things of God, we love to pad it out with human construct and we love to add our own things and attach our own things and make our own rules around prayer. And so tonight, I'm hoping that maybe we can break some of that stuff off because as we head into a month of prayer, I think it's important we've got a clean slate. And I believe that what God wants to do tonight is perhaps shine a light on some of those things that we've put on, rightly or wrongly, we've put on to prayer. And I think He wants to break that off so that we can truly encounter Him in our prayer. Does that sound all right? Beautiful. All good. So I'm going to be reading today from uh, Matthew 6, 5 to 13, and our amazing, amazing tech guys have got it up on the screen, so you're welcome to read along with me. Matthew 6, 5 to 13, for all those that missed it the first time, like I normally do. And then I'm looking at the person beside me going, what's that verse? And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for the father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Remember, this is Jesus speaking. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
So there's two times in the New Testament that Jesus talks about prayer and the Lord's Prayer specifically. It's in Matthew here and then again in Luke when the disciples ask Him directly, Lord, teach us how to pray. And so I want to focus on this one. So this particular one, Jesus is, uh, this is the middle of the Sermon on the Mount and he's, he's talking to a lot of the Jewish people of that day and I love that the first thing that He does is confront the things of those days when it comes to prayer. And that's why I kind of want to approach it similarly tonight because Jesus surely has to be the greatest teacher we've ever seen and let's follow in His ways. But this is a way that He taught often. He would, and all through His Sermon on the Mount, He would say things like, you have heard it said, and then would say the thing of that day, and then He would counter it with His way. So I want to, uh, I want to look at two things that He looks at here and two patterns of prayer that He confronts. And maybe we can look at our own lives and, and find ways that He can confront them. And I need to tell you, I've been really challenged by that, by that this week. So much so that every time I pray now, I'm like, oh, I hope I'm not doing one of those things. And that's not the goal of this. There is actually going to be more freedom in your prayer life because of this. These aren't things that are going to restrict you. I feel like they're going to give you more freedom. And my hope is that you don't feel inadequate to pray. And my hope is that you don't feel scared to pray. But my, my hope is that your desire to pray just grows and grows. Because prayer is communion and communication with our living Father, which is such a beautiful thing. And I also want to say, tonight, we've got an exciting thing a bit later on. Um, I want to say exactly what it is. It's like, I was saying to Lockie, when you have the communion at the back there, it's like when a, school, a dog runs into a school, it's really exciting. It's like, oh, something's happening, something different. So we are going to do something a little bit different later tonight, and I'm very excited for that, but we'll get into that soon. First thing we're going to do, though, is we're going to confront a couple of these patterns. First one, verse 5. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. Now, the word hypocrites is kind of an intense word, right? We hear that and we're like, hey, that's a little gnarly. And the the Greek word for hypocrites is hypocrites or something. There's this amazing app that Nate showed me and it's got this funny voice there. It's Greek's word or what is it? Strong's word, 557. And basically what that word, when you break it down, it means a couple of things. It means to pretend or a stage actor. And it's when you think about prayer, Nathan spoke last week on the double life and that completely feeds into our prayer life. And so when it comes to prayer, it's easy to put on an act it would be like at the Oscars, they hop up and say, the Oscar for the, the best male hypocrite goes to whoever it would be. And so just, I just want to shape that when you hear hypocrite so you don't think it's super gnarly, but it's just this stage actor. And so when we're praying, what does this mean for us? What does this mean when we're, we're acting, when we're praying? It's, it can be easy to do. It can be easy to put on a show. You think about an actor, what are they, what are they known for? They're known for reading a script and performing to an audience. And with our prayer life, who is our audience? Are we praying to the people in front of us? When I pray up here, am I praying to you? Or am I praying to God? And so with our prayers, who is our audience? I, um, I have to make a bit of a confession here. Uh, Rhea and I used to watch this show. It was on ABC. It was called Snog, Marry, Avoid. It was a... Um, it was a great show. I believe snog means kiss. I didn't do the Greek um, thing of this word because I don't think it's in there. But basically, the premise of the show, where there were these people, it's in the UK, and, and they would have all this, their word was fakery. 
They had heaps of makeup, hair extensions, crazy clothes, and they would interview these people and ask them, why do you do this? And they just want to be accepted. They just want to be accepted for who they are, and they'd put them into this funny robot thing, and they would basically show a picture of them to people in the public, which is kind of intense, and they'd ask the people in the public, would you want to snog marry or avoid them? And more often than not, they would want to avoid them. And then what they would do is give them a make-under. And so they would get this, um, it was like the, I don't even know, I was going to say alcohol wipes, but they're probably not. Whatever makeup remover wipes are, you can see I use these often. Um, and they would wipe off all the makeup, take off the hair extensions, and but just be completely natural in front of you. And there was this, this moment, and Rhea and I, often when we'd watch it, we'd go, oh, they're really pretty, or that guy's really good looking. But they'd have to lose all that stuff off the, off the top, and, and then they would give them a make-under, and basically they'd dress them in clothes that were appropriate for them and, and give them really natural makeup to bring out their inner beauty, I guess, or their natural beauty. And they'd do the same test, and more often than not, people would want to marry or um, snog them. Who would have thought I'd be saying snog over a stream? Welcome to church, if you're watching online. It's good to have you. But I think we need to do this in our prayer life too, don't we? Maybe we need to have a bit of a make-under. Maybe we need to get rid of the fakery that we add to prayer. Maybe there's little phrases that we just chuck on there because we heard someone else say it, or we think that's the magic lever to the, uh, to the pokey machine of heaven. That's not real. We need to lose that fakery. We need to have a make-under to our prayer life and Jesus confronts this directly, and the good thing about Jesus is he doesn't just shake his fist or wave his finger at people saying, "Mm -mm, don't do that. He then says, instead, do this. And he says it in verse 6, he says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, this is uh, kind of a beautiful thing, because let's go back to the idea of a stage actor. If you're in the inner room which translates to, well, the, in secret, which translates to like an inner room or storage compartment. So imagine the pantry in your home. You're basically performing to your wheat bix. So you're not going to perform. So what he's saying is get in a space where you can't be fake. Get in a space where you can't pretend anymore. Get in a space where you can be completely vulnerable and honest. When was the last time you were honest with God in prayer? It's a, it's a funny thing we're not sometimes because he already knows. We're just lying to ourselves. And that's the other one is we, we can pretend to ourselves, not just to a crowd. So Jesus confronts that directly. He says, go somewhere where there's no distractions. You can't be disturbed and there's just no gain for you to pretend. Find that secret place. For me, I've got a, I, I like to drive. So t today, like my, my secret place or my inner room is my car. It's a moving room, which is kind of cool. And it can take me wherever I want. And I like to just go out whoop-whoop. I like to go out to, towards Mount Glorious or Clear Mountain. There's beautiful spots out there. And there's just no way for me to pretend. And at the moment I start to pretend or I feel like I'm adding on things myself, I feel like a bit of a goose because it's just me. And so I guess my encouragement to you through that is find a secret place. Find somewhere that you can be completely vulnerable with God. That's what's so amazing about the Psalms is David's just pouring out his heart. I wonder if he actually would have written a lot of that stuff if he knew we'd all read it today. It's, uh, it's pretty honest and vulnerable and we're lucky we can see that and it's almost an example. And What are you doing to pour yourself out before God? So that's the first one. Don't be fake in your prayer life. Let's take off the fakery. 
Let's take off the acting. Let's just be honest and let's be vulnerable. Second one in verse 7. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. We've all heard that prayer, haven't we? The babble. I've done it. I've done the babble. I tried to pat it out. I tried to add some more words. It's almost like at uh, uh, quite a few of you I know have, have volunteered at, at Red Frogs at schoolies every year, and it, it blows my mind that every year they know the same chants, the schoolies. I don't, I don't know how they learn it. I don't know who teaches them. Does schoolies.com go around to their schools and show them these chants? I'm not going to say the chants because that would be inappropriate, but there's these things that they chant over and over and over in the same way to cricket match. The beigest of all the sports, cricket. I love it. I can say that. But you get cricket supporters in a stadium and they've got all these chants. The Barmy Army, the Barmy Army. Not many cricket supporters out there, but that's okay. It's good to have you. Actually, you are cricket supporters because you're very beige with that response. So it's, a, it's good. But there's all these chants that they do. The other one are like union protests. We all know what they say. What do we want? More, less, less, uh, less time working and more money. And when do we want it? There we go. There's all the union supporters out there. Good to have you here. Um, but basically, they think that the more abrupt they are and the more consistent they are with their words and their consistency with their words, they think they'll bash down the door. And quite often, it works for them. Can I tell you that's not the case with prayer? You don't need to bash down the door of heaven. Jesus has given you access. He has given you free access to the Father. In Hebrews 4.16, it says that you can approach let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You can completely access the Father, not because of your many words. And how not, for me, that's so comforting because at times when I want to pray, it's just a couple of words. It's just like, thanks, God. You're amazing. And maybe with that babbling, maybe sometimes we think that it's our words that are going to get the message across. And can I tell you that when you're praying, God already knows all of your needs. He says in verse 8, do not be like them, for the Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So maybe our prayer needs to change. Maybe it needs to be a little less, Lord, I need this. Lord, can you do this for me? Lord, I, you shared a great word this morning, Nathan, about us telling God who we are instead of asking Him who He is. And I think that translates into our prayer life. Instead of saying, Lord, I need this, maybe our prayer should be, Lord, what are you doing? Let me see what you're doing so that I can jump on the back of it. Maybe we'll see more answered prayers if we actually start looking to what God's doing instead of asking Him to do our things and, and jump on what we're doing. And that's what the babbling is. The babbling is convincing with words. Every night we, uh, we pray before dinner. And to be honest, sometimes it's probably a babbling prayer. It's, thanks God for the food. Cheers for that. Amen. And Ree and I will try to handball each other the prayer if we're not feeling it. And so that's something we're going to work on. We're going to do better with that. But last night, Coco prayed. Every now and then she just goes, yeah, I'll do it. I'll pray. I can do this thing. And it's, uh, as a parent, I don't think there's many things better than your kid praying. It's a really beautiful thing. And you get back to the heart of prayer and 
I actually learned something from Coco as she was praying. She started with this. She just said, Jesus is alive. That was her prayer. Jesus is alive. Then she went on to say, Lord, I want to ride unicorns. So the second bit, eh, maybe not so much. But that first bit, Jesus is alive. What if that was your prayer every day from now to the day you die? What if that was the way you started every prayer? Instead of, Lord, I need this, it's Jesus is alive. Do you know what this, this does? This takes babbling and trying to convince things to an understanding of where we stand. We only stand where we do because Jesus is alive. We can only access the Father because Jesus is alive. It's only through what He has done that we have direct access to that throne room of grace it talks about in Hebrews. What a beautiful thing. And so when you're praying, maybe we just need to seek His presence out a little bit quicker. Do a little less asking and a little more listening. We've all heard that before, but how often do we do it? It's, uh, it's actually pretty easy to have a consistent prayer life if you're not doing much speaking. Because all you're doing is opening up to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're chucking on some music and just sitting there and just waiting and saying, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing around me that I can see? Let me jump on the back of it. And when we do that, it changes our perspective. So find those things that are going to take you into God's presence. Don't feel like you have to fill up with all these words. If, you've, if you're relatively new to faith or you've been a part of church and you feel really inadequate with praying, I want to say I get it. When I came on team here, the thing that frightened me the most was praying in front of people. It's, a, it's kind of a scary thing and it, I guess it makes sense because it is quite vulnerable. You're, you're opening yourself up to our Heavenly Father before people. But if you're feeling inadequate, I want to tell you it's all right. And I want to tell you that you have that same access to the Father through Jesus Christ. And it's all good if you don't feel like you have the words because I don't have the words a lot of the time either. And we don't need the words. Because it does say the Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Doesn't that change our list? If we know that He already knows, why are we asking? We know we can trust Him. We know His plans for us are good. And so when you're praying, understand you don't need to ask. Just thank Him for what He's done. Prayer is a response. Everything in our Christian walk is a response. We do not need to take the first step. He's already stretched down from heaven and we can then respond to Him. I mentioned we're going to do something a little bit special tonight. And um, I'll ask the team to begin to set that up. I, you may have noticed when I read out the passage that Jesus talks about, don't be like the hypocrites, don't be like the pagans. And then he says, instead pray like this and goes through the Lord's Prayer. And I think we've probably heard the Lord's Prayer a lot if you've been in, the, in church for a while. In fact, maybe we've become a little desensitized to it. And so tonight, I've asked Eliza to perform her new song that she uh, she wrote just recently, and it's called The Lord's Prayer. And the reason that I'm not going to unpack the Lord's Prayer tonight is I believe that we each need a fresh revelation of the Lord's Prayer. I believe that as Eliza plays it, you're going to experience her, uh, her expression of the Lord's Prayer. 
See right that? I was being a hypocrite. I was acting. <laughs> hey? Very good. I only did one class of drama and I moved across to woodwork, so it wasn't good. Anyway, sorry, I got off topic. But Eliza's going to come up and perform that, and at the same time, we're going to take communion. And you may have seen, as I said, they're up the back in baskets. I really want communion tonight to be an intentional act from you. I want you to go and get it from the basket. If you want to come back to your seat, that's cool. If you want to find a space somewhere else in the auditorium, that's cool. But I want it to be intentional. And communion and prayer are so interlinked. Because when we share in communion, what we're doing is remembering what Jesus has done. And part of that, part of what he's done is given us access to the Father. So that we can come to him freely in prayer. We can take off these things that are ours and all these human restrictions and, and constraints and we can just come to him freely and just thank him for what he's done. So as, uh, as Eliza comes, she'll jump up here now. And she will start playing on the keys for a little bit. As she does that, the, the team will drop the lights too. They'll, they'll do their fancy things with that. But I encourage you to go grab from one of the back tables your little biscuit and your little drink and find somewhere. And then as Eliza's ministering to us through her song, I just want the words to soak into you. I want you to respond to those words. And when you feel comfortable, feel free to take communion and just reflect on what Jesus has done. Because it's only through Him we have access. It's only through Him that we can walk boldly and confidently into His throne room of grace. And so as you're doing that, and this week as well, I'd, I'd love you to just focus on the Lord's Prayer. Just to read it every day. Just see what He wants to speak to you about through it. If this is how Jesus tells us we should pray, this is how we should pray. He's not super direct with many things, but this one is pretty direct. So when you're ready, why don't you jump off your seat, go and grab your communion, find a spot, and, uh, and Eliza will then sing to us very soon.